What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 500 years in the future, the Earth has been destroyed. Yet, civilization thrives in a Martian utopia of nerds. But that is the future. Yeah, Utopia's gonna have to wait. This is Nerding Out with Ravy. And we want to welcome everybody. It's an all new Nerding Out podcast. Hello. Me out here. I'm Ravy. That's Cameron right there. Hey, Rave. That's Randy right there. Hi. Our social handles. Our Nerdin' Out LA on Facebook and Twitter, Nerdin' Out on Instagram. We talked about our favorite scary movies last week. Oh, you. And we're kind of going to piggyback off of that and talk about paranormal movies and shows because we have checked out some truth seekers on Amazon Prime. <laughs> that is from Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. So we're going to review that yes. and talk paranormal stuff today. Rip. I definitely want to thank everybody for checking out our Mandalorian Season 2 Watch Pod. I love it. I love doing these. I love it when we watch together and then we go right into podcasting. Yeah, it's super fun. Because we can see each other's reactions to things that are going on, bring that into the podcast. Yes. I just think it's fun. It's more fun to watch with you guys than it is by yourself. Oh, I completely agree. And then, you know, come around to do a podcast. It's a blast. And I do have to say... There are a lot of people uh, who message us and interact with us after those podcasts. Uh-huh. And most of the messages are really good and really good for discussion. There have been a couple every now and then where people are doubting our Star Wars fandom. What? It is okay. Look, we're mega Star Wars fans. Yeah. We will get things wrong occasionally. Of course. Why? Because the Star Wars universe is so expansive. Oh my gosh. So expansive. And we have lives. So there's yeah. also- <laughs> We just we get things wrong all the time. I mean, we're gonna miss say a name or a character or I mean this is just it's an off-the-cuff discussion. Absolutely. Think about how difficult that is. We have to know DC, Marvel, yeah. gaming stuff, movies, Yes, lore. our life is hard, Our Randy. lives are hard, guys. <laughs> and we know 99% of it. I know. But every <laughs> once in a while, that 1% you know, falls through the cracks. So. No, but Sorry. I, I love the, uh, the discussion, the back and forth with listeners about you know yeah. their predictions and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is super fun, but also sends my mind down the friggin' rabbit hole. Oh, for sure. I'm constantly thinking about it. I think the most fascinating thing is when someone hits you up with a like a theory or, I know, or I an observation it. you mm-hmm. didn't see. Yeah. You didn't notice. Like I think And then so you're cool. like, oh. like, oh. And there's always so many of those in Star oh, yeah. Wars. Oh, for yeah. sure. So fun. The Star Wars universe is huge. So we're sorry to the few of you that we've disappointed. All the right. rest of you, though, super cool. Now, before we talk about truth seekers... Uh, I want to update everyone on our couple that we married a couple of weeks ago, Jess and Carlos. Yeah, how are they doing? Marriage certificate signed, sealed, delivered, nice and legal. And as a wedding gift, Carlos bought Jess a Baby Yoda plush. So they're in it to win it. (laughs) That's great. They're in it for a lifetime. And I want to read you this message from my mother. 
who finally watched the broadcast. Okay. She wanted a link, so I gave her the Facebook link, and she finally watched it. And she's like, I just watched the Animal Crossing wedding. I loved it. Needed Kleenex. You did a fantastic job with the ceremony. It was wonderful. Carlos did great winging it. I couldn't believe how good he was off the cuff. I loved your island and the tour prior to the wedding. What a great job Randy did getting that broadcast set up. And Cameron is so funny. Uh He made me LOL. Oh, I made you LOL. (laughs) And I forgot about Greg coming in at the end. So nice of him to participate. Thanks so much for sharing the link. That's so nice. (laughs) That's my mom, everybody. I love your mom. And I agree. You did a great job with the ceremony rave and Mm -hmm. randy did a great job of the broadcast carlos i we've talked about it several times so impressed me with his vows i know he sent us all like looking for the kleenex especially having been there myself reading vows i was like crapping myself and i had them written down in front of me right (laughs) and he was winging it yeah so yes everything is great with them so it's good to check in glad my mom finally watched it Now, a show my mother would never watch is Truth Seekers. Why Why not? Because she's more oh. of a murder she wrote, uh, okay. psych. She loves psych. That's a good show. Uh, White Collar is her jam. Okay. Uh, Lifetime Christmas movies. Oh, Cameron, hell yeah. The two of you could sit In there fact, and watch those together. <laughs> your mom and I are going to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Oh my God, that'd be so good. Me, however, I am a Truth Seeker type of gal. It is streaming on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 77% from critics and an 85% from the audience. Co-created by Nick Frost and Simon Pegg about part-time paranormal investigators who, as they continue to have these supernatural experiences, uncover a deeper conspiracy. And Frost and Pegg says, uh, (laughs) they said this is a love letter to the X-Files, which is a show they were obsessed with in the 90s as they were living in an apartment trying to establish their own careers. This is something they would do, something they would watch. That's so cool. I love this show. Mm -hmm. I'm halfway through it. I love the vibe. I love the stories. I love the actors. I am mega into it. Because in the 90s, I was also a massive X-Files fan. That was definitely my favorite 90s show. I never did like a a deep dive into X-Files. I totally get the appeal. But I really like this show as well. I'm like... I really, really like it. It has taken the best parts of the X-Files. Like, X-Files would have Monsters of the Week episodes, mm-hmm. if you will. But that. then there was the overarching grand conspiracy stuff. Yeah. And they've taken the, these and put it in a blender, and Truth Seekers has come out. Rip. I am way into it. I will, I'll be done with it within a day. So, when I was, when I was watching the show... It felt like it was filling up a void. Uh, no, I, I shouldn't say void, like a, a need that I've I've been searching for. And I, I realized what it was. If you guys remember, Craig Robinson, Adam Scott announced a show called yeah. Ghosted. Ghosted, and that yes. lasted like one season. One it wasn't that, season it wasn't on that Fox. great. Yeah. But I remember that was a show I really looked forward to because I liked the overall theme of you like the concept. The concept. Mm-hmm. This is what Truth Seekers is, but they do it so well and it's so funny. And you bring up a really good point though about how it's like X Files and all these different themes and sort of elements mashed together, but they also incorporate humor into it. Yeah. Which I think is really awesome. I love the tone because there is a lot of funny stuff in it. Obviously, it's Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, Malcolm McDowell as the dad. Don't get <laughs> I was me so, started. I was so surprised by that. <laughs> Don't get me started. And I love that setup of like, you think that he's, you know, one of the ghosts or something. Right, right. And it's uh, just him creeping around. I know. I love that. They're so great. So a lot of it's funny, but then the tone will shift and they have musical cues and 
different like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is like real paranormal stuff that's going on in the show. It's blended. It's so blended well. It's so well blended. And, you know, I think it's a little bit different than like a typical American show. Yes. Like that is one thing about British television. Some people hate it. I really like it. I mm-hmm. love the pace of British television. Yeah. I love how there's a lot of breathing room. Uh, there's humor, but it's not so punchy that it's like, okay, somebody wrote the hell out of this. Right. Um, and so I really, like, I find it intriguing and funny and also a little bit relaxing to watch. But there's also a, a few intense moments there. Here absolutely there absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Which but is... I, it's just such a nice balance. Yes. Uh, are you going to watch the whole thing? Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. 100%. Hell yeah. I decided, because I'm, um, I think... Uh, three episodes in. Mm-hmm. I decided I'm going to ro- watch the rest this weekend yeah. when it's dark. Ah, okay. And I'm going to blare the, the volume, <laughs> turn all the lights off, open the windows, maybe start a fire, get all creepy. Episode four really spins it a bit and gets you into the more mm-hmm. conspiracy aspect of the show. Nice. Because now I'm like, whoa, what is happening? Where's mm-hmm. it going? And there's all, you know, little nuggets going along. And I'm like, oh, that's the page of the book from blah, blah, blah. And that's this and that. And the episodes are 30 minutes, 35 minutes max. Love that. So bingeable. So nice. Join Team Binge, everybody. Do it. So bingeable. True Seekers, thumbs up all around from here. And so that got me thinking about, you know, there's a lot of really good paranormal stuff out there and it doesn't all have to be scary you know there's a lot of hilarious paranormal stuff out there too i mentioned one of my favorites last week the others with nicole kidman and how much i love that movie i still haven't seen Mm -hmm. that and if you've never seen it i it really comes with my highest recommendation the others gets compared to the sixth sense a lot because they're about two years apart sixth sense came out first in 1999 so i watched the others recently and then i decided on halloween I'm going to watch The Sixth Sense. I don't know when the last time I saw it was. It could have been, been the pro- theater. It's probably been 10, 15 years could, for me. It was a very, very long time because it's so famous for that line, I see dead people, that you could conceive how maybe The Sixth Sense is just a pile of cheese yeah. at this point, right? So I'm like, all right, I want to see what The Sixth Sense is all about. I haven't seen it in forever. It holds up. Doesn't? I think The Sixth Sense is good. Okay. I think Bruce Willis is great in it. Tony Collette is really good in it. You know, that's somebody that like I I think about or I at least I have thought about a lot lately is Bruce Willis because I feel like I, like he was so a part of my childhood in terms sure. of the movies he was in. Mm-hmm. And now like what the last thing I think I saw him in was um I saw him Glass. In- Glass and then the follow-up to Glass. Yeah, I saw him in a car battery commercial. Shattered, whatever it was like called. Like a like a die-hard car battery oh, commercial. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw that one? Wait, no. so wait, Glass? Unbreakable is the Unbreakable. OG, right? Yes. Glass is the, the one that came out a year, year and a half. Or no, wait, now I'm so confused. All right, let me look at So there was the, um, what's the one where um, the guy's insane and becomes the beast? That's uh, Glass, isn't it? Glass is the sequel to that. It is? Right? No, I think that's. No, hold on, hold on. What's I'm, first? No, I'm getting confused here. Get, get the M. Night Shyamalan ding dong. I got it, I got IMDb it. up, please. Okay, so it's Split. Split. Split, you're right. Split. Glass so, is equal to Split. Okay. It goes Unbreakable, Split, Glass. I've okay. never right. seen any of these movies because- I like Split a lot. I, I, I'm Unbreakable that, is a gem. 
Okay. Glass is like me. And I like split, and then like, he could not pull off the trifecta. Nah. I just, I, glass. I always hear conflicting things about M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. I hear you, but you Some know what? I watched things. The Sixth Sense. I thought, wow, this holds up. You think about some movies from the 90s now, and they are just a pile of Gouda. And <laughs> oh my God. I and love you 90s think movies. like some of the 90s movies that were big, like Forrest Gump. Oh my God. Oh. I can't believe anybody liked that movie. I think that. That is, that is Turd City, man. I, I Turd City. I've, I've seen that movie probably about 30 times. <laughs> just because Forrest when, Gump? Because whenever you have, on ca- TV if, if you have cable, it's always yeah. on TBS or something. Yeah. That's like for a while. I think I saw Dumb and Dumber about three times a week because yeah. TBS would run it mm-hmm. constantly. I was, I'm was i impressed with how well I think The Sixth Sense holds up. Okay. I, I'll Haley, have to rewatch Haley that. Haley Joel holds it together. Yeah. This kid, it, this, this is a big movie to hang on Haley Joel Osment as an eight-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> But and see, he brings it. Sixth Sense is one of those movies that I just, I've, I've chosen not to watch it because I feel like I know everything that's going to happen. Everyone's told me the plot twist. They you've told me, well, you've, never, so you've seen never seen it? I've never seen it. You would like it. I, I'm sure I'd like it. It's just, I feel like. That's going to be on a Randy watch list. Yeah. I just feel I'm like the, that the magic of a, of a movie is taken away when someone just kind of like ruins the big True. twist for you. you know I think I mean? it's kind of okay. fun to watch and look at it. For all the signs that pointed to, yes, Bruce yeah. Willis is in fact dead. Right. Because like, I'm pretty much, I'm about as big of a hypocrite as it comes I as was far gonna as like, say, finding time to waste. Because I'll spend hours playing video games. Uh-huh. Whereas a movie, I'm like, I don't know, two hours sitting down to watch no, the movie? No, we got to pause investment. there for a second, Randy, because you are king of spoilers. That's true. And you <laughs> search for them on Reddit. That's true. So why is this so bothering you? Well, it should okay, not uh-huh. bother you as much as it allegedly does. I don't look up stuff like, you know, uh, Mandalorian spoilers. I just find them. They're just there. I just fall into that Reddit hole does, and all of a sudden I'm spoiled. You fi- yeah, exactly. You find okay. them all the time, yet Ravy and I never see them. Spo- so, see, you so, won't commit to what we do, and that's a social media blackouts. Yeah, I can't do that. What, <laughs> what a, yeah, a, a perfect example of uh, of what I'm talking about is yeah. I found out how Avengers Endgame ended about like how? a week before what it happened? happened because around the same time, a video game called Days Gone had been released for PlayStation. It's a zombie game. And so I was going through the tweets, looking at the reviews, and one of the tweets was from this blogger. I clicked on it. I went through the comments. The second comment that I saw was the video of the, you know, Tony Stark snapping his fingers but it was in Arabic, so it was like obviously pirated and just put on onto Twitter. So see, stuff like that happens I have, to me all the time. I have a suggestion, and it's not fair. Okay, and this is going to sound a little hypocritical because a lot of people will ask us here at Nerd and Out for our recommendations and ratings and reviews on things. Mm-hmm. But I have a suggestion for you, Randy. Okay. Something that I've been trying to follow more in the last couple of months. Okay, I challenge you to start a new video game or watch a new movie or a TV show without looking up the reviews, mm-hmm. without watching a trailer. Without you know seeing somebody's YouTube video on play by play and I all that stuff, I know it's very difficult. It. I have so many movies in my uh, in my little movie drawer right. that I've just picked up. I'm like, oh, I'll watch that. I watch. I did watch a movie recently that I I knew nothing about. Just like a word of mouth reviews. Uh, Trick or treat. Oh uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was That's a, a good one. shit ton of like fun that. to watch. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why it is. It's like when it comes to movies and TV shows, like I don't know. It's an investment. It's time. <laughs> but then I'll spend hours playing video games. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. That I get it. I get it. Now, not all paranormal movies are scary. Randy, what is it about 1984's Ghostbusters? Oh, you mean the greatest movie of all time? That makes it your favorite movie. This is fascinating. Uh, it's weird. You know, growing up, I never... You, you know how stuff just resonates with kids and with people? Like, oh, that's my favorite thing. I never really had a favorite thing growing up. But I thought to myself, like, what's the one movie 
that every time I watch it, I just get excited and I get happy. Mm-hmm. And it was Ghostbusters because I love the underlying theme of monsters of sort of like there being something else out there. And the when you incorporate sort of like, I don't even want to use crime fighting, but just sort of like investigating and then adding mm-hmm. humor to it. It's it's engaging. It's interesting. But see, like you could say, all right, but what? how do you find a difference between Ghostbusters and Scooby-Doo, for instance? Because Scooby-Doo is basically, you know, looking into a mystery. Sure. There's jokes. There's, there's humor. ghosts. But with Ghostbusters, I just find it's so fascinating because these dudes, they make these like these contraptions and they're yeah. they're combating ghosts. And it's just the overall theme of it is just very attractive. And I just really enjoy it. I honestly, it's it's strange because you ask anyone, if you put me in a row of people, they'll be like, oh, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. Right. Uh, whatever. And then I'll be like Ghostbusters. Uh, very rarely do I find someone who actually enjoys Ghostbusters as much as I do. I know one other person. Uh-huh. And he's a dude in Hermosa Beach. <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> Shut the tone. You know, if Ghostbusters is one of those movies, if you came to it as an adult, mm-hmm. you know how I came to Goonies as an adult yeah. Yeah. and I couldn't get into it. This is a movie that people love I, because but, they hold it well, in such high esteem from I would, their childhood. How? I, yeah, but I also think that Ghostbusters has kind of always been a hit yeah. and a vibe. But it, it's funny you mentioned The Goonies that. is more of a cult classic that gained popularity when That's people- true you know, yeah. thought about it longer, I would say. Okay. But Ravi, like you bring up the the idea of if I were to watch it now for the first time as an adult, how would I feel about it? I feel like that's how I felt towards the last movie of the Ghostbusters with the all-female cast. Okay. It wasn't even because I hate, I'm not, you know, I, the whole female thing didn't bother me. I don't like, I don't give- You're not getting misogynist. I don't give a shit, man. I really don't. Just some of the portrayals by the characters seemed a lot outlandish. Some of the things just seemed silly. But then I thought to myself recently, because my sister's the complete opposite. She really loves the, le- the last one, the 20. 16 one okay can't get into 1984 one and i thought to myself maybe this is what i'm feeling it would be the exact same reaction of someone who watched the 1984 ghostbusters for the first time like this is stupid they're just being goofy they're chasing right. ghosts like it's it's right. so dumb it's so silly so I would it's like say, i mean i don't disagree with you with that i feel like with the new ghostbusters yeah. and stuff i feel like where movies end up falling into a lot of times when they're either like remakes of things from the 80s or 90s is they like i don't know if it's modern day writers or studio executives or who is responsible for it necessarily but they just seem overly punchy and yeah. unnecessarily like zany and yeah. overwritten and when you really like break down the OG Ghostbusters yes there is some humor in there mm-hmm. but it's really about these people yeah. who come together to hunt ghosts right like it's not shot or you know tonally it's not done to be a scary movie. Right. But it's also taken seriously. And I think like, if you mm-hmm. think about TV and stuff, something I thought of a lot with The Office in particular, by the way, I'm a fan of The Office. Oh, no kidding. Is what? that they wrote and shot that show as if it was just a drama. And the the humor All is right. in the characters themselves. Right. I see what you're saying. In the situations. It's not the lines that they're saying or you know right. the physical goofy thing they're doing. And I feel like modern day times we kind of fall into that trope a lot I wonder lot why more. that is, though. Because it, seems, think, to, it uh, yeah. seems to be a thing that writers don't learn from. Just I keep, think everybody feels it. like, you know, we need to be spoon-fed stuff. And one, when totally. we encounter something that's not spoon-fed to us, we, yeah. as oh nerding out fans, as nerding out people, we gravitate towards that. Mm. Absolutely. Because we don't need people it hitting us over It tickles a different head. part of your brain. Yeah. 
That's for I'm sure. Really, I'm really excited about the new one that's coming out. But I'm also oh, yeah. I'm, I'm also kind of weary too because yeah, this is sure. the first time they're incorporating kids into the mix. Right. And so I feel like today's modern day trope, if it's not the super zany punchy thing, it's like everyone wants to invest kids into it because they want to build something from it where when the kids get older, the movies oh, continue. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. For sure. I don't know. For sure. It's going to be interesting. I think uh, somewhere down the line, we've got to do a show about shitty sequels because oh. there's so many. Yes. Ghostbusters 2, Randy. Pump the brakes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> is is that one of the worst sequels of all time, or do you find it watchable? Now, I will say this. I saw it as a child, so whenever I watch it, I have that boy-like wonder, which is which, oh, look at all these <laughs> ghosts. Boy-like wonder. <laughs> look at all love these that. cool things. Uh-huh. So I, I'm the wrong person to ask, but I have seen my fair share of sequels where I'm like, what the hell is this? Vigo the Carpathian. Hey. Dude. Again, let's pump the brakes. Here. River of Slime. Well, okay. Oscar the Baby. Come on. What, what's wrong there? Okay. A river of slime? What's wrong with Oscar the Baby? It's It was, I consider Ghostbusters 2 one of the worst sequels of all time. Well, you probably haven't seen enough sequels, Ravy. I've seen plenty of sequels, Let's Randy. just do the podcast so Ravy can watch Did, more sequels. Isn't it Ghostbusters 2 that has Bill Murray refused to ever do another sequel because it Possibly. was so bad? It was just, you know, the, the, he's a celebrity. You know how it goes. <laughs> The pressure of being on set. It's, I, I get it. I get it, Bill. It's right. Vigo the Carpathian. Come on. <laughs> All right. We're going to stay in the 80s because okay. this paranormal oh. movie scared the shit out of me when I was younger. 1982's Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen this movie for a long time. Did you guys see it when you were kids? Did, no. did you ever encounter it? I, no, I, not as a kid. Okay. I saw it after they tried to make that current day remake a few years ago. Oh, right. So I went out and I saw I that. I forgot about that. That was a hot steaming pile of shit. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll watch the the OG one. And the OG one didn't seem to really, you know, cave too much into like all these jump scare stuff. It was just, right. a, I found it fascinating. It was a gr- it's a good story. It's a good story, yeah. It's a good story, uh, co-written by Steven Spielberg, but he couldn't direct it because he was doing E.T. So Toby Hooper directed it. Shout he to Toby. of Texas Chainsaw. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus the massacre fame i love i love the story there's like a beast there's so much goop there's a lot of goop oh my god the goop uh <laughs> there's a dude who peels his face off in yeah. the bathroom mirror rap the, it, it also <sighs> has a great tagline there oh my god but it scared the shit out of me, obviously, because of the clown doll. Yeah, of course. And they use that great trope of you look under the bed and there's nothing there, but then you sit up. Son of a bitch. There's the clown doll. <laughs> you know what else, too? Like, your thing is clown doll. Yeah. My thing is when kids are involved. Mm. Creeps me out. Yeah. And then also, the, okay. Carol Ann creeped you out? Yes. And then also, anything that has a dark room 
with a staticky old television in it mm-hmm. <laughs> freaks me the hell out. That's to, to the point where like if I, I mean, that's not a thing anymore. Like you're yeah. not gonna get snow on your TV anymore. Mm-hmm. But when I was a young adult and there were still a few of those TVs around, sure. if I was in a room and that happened, very uneasy. <laughs> very, very uneasy. I used to have one of those old like uh, block televisions and a handful of times they, they would just turn on static and I would nope. just yeah. ah, freak N- out. Um, is the remake of Poltergeist like the same type of story? I I, I vaguely I or remember. Or just like the bones? Do you, yeah, I, I'd say I, the I I'd haven't the watched bones. it. Yeah. It's just, mon- again. It's not like a, people going in the TV and stuff like that. Or fa- is it? It's fairly frustrating when you think about like modern day renditions and remakes. Mm-hmm. They all seem, to, depending on the genre, they all seem to follow the same sort of trope. Where it's a comedy, it's overly zany. When it's like a horror movie, it seems like it, it, it just kind of like, it isn't true to fashion where they don't rely on these practical effects. They more bank on the CGI stuff. Yeah, and right. I think we've sure. talked about a lot of times about how when CGI or too much CGI, I should say, get incorporated, it kind of takes away from the suspense. It takes you right out of the scene for it sure. It does. Yeah. Really, like bad CGI will ruin the moment for you. Oh, totally. hundred percent. Sure. How old were you guys in 1999? I was nine. I was three. <laughs> so Cameron, as a nine-year-old, uh-huh. were you aware of the Blair Witch Project? As a nine-year-old, No. Is that no, something but... you both watched later? Yeah. Like the Blair Witch Project in 1999 was a freaking phenomenon. I couldn't get through it. I remember like I, I remember it being referenced around me. Mm-hmm. You know, like the older kids are talking about it. Sure. Adults are talking about it. But yeah. I had no idea at the time what it was. Yeah, I, I couldn't get through it. I got bored. What, you got bored. Okay, that makes sense to me. What? How old were you, do you think, when you tried to watch it? Uh, Like 12. Yeah. Because, you know, that's around that time is when all... You know, you little, get into that stuff. Your dweeby friends in middle school, like, yo, right, have, you, right. have you heard about this movie? Oh, the Blair like, Witch. So I watched it, and I got bored. And then for some reason, I had this thing where I, I want to see what's like. I want to see what's chasing you. You yeah. know, I want to see the monster. And at the end of the at the end of the movie, because eventually I did get through it. I just I wasn't satisfied with what I got. You yeah. Know? So I was like, yeah. I think that's part of the brilliance of the Blair Witch. Yeah. Like in I, concept, mm-hmm. I I love the fact that I mean, probably one of the most brilliant marketing campaigns of my lifetime. Yeah. Because people believed it was real. Yeah. Because the found footage mm, thing right. wasn't really a genre. And they build it like we found this footage and we made it into a movie. That's so yeah. Of Heather, Michael, and Josh going into the woods. And that was borrowed the Black from Hills. so many more times after that. I do oh, fo- yeah. I do find so it many interesting, more too, though, because like, what, what it kind of helps with the realism behind it, it seems that a lot of times the actors in these sort of found footage movies, right. they don't really get cast in anything They after, really don't. Which, is, which I find just fascinating. Like Heather quit the business, you know, not yeah. too long after that. I'm not even sure about Michael and Josh. I saw it at the theater. Oh, God. And it was a hell of an experience because... I have motion sickness. I was going to say, wasn't that a thing that a lot of people got sick My God, did I get sick. I did not barf, but the screening I was at, somebody barfed. I totally believe it. And that's kind of, and that probably should have been something you needed to know ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Because I'm watching and I thought, oh my God, I I feel terrible. Did you ever see a movie with Hilary Swank called The Reaping? The Reaping. I've heard of this. It is same deal. It's not a found footage movie, but my God, the camera. It's like the camera operator was purposefully shaking it. What a fun job that is. Hey man, shake the camera. And I felt the same way. I was like, holy crap. I've been there. So like the Blair Witch is not my favorite, but Uh I definitely respect what they were able to do. Yeah. And the way they marketed it, and it is legit scary because you don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. 
Like you said, you want to see what it is. You want to see it. I think it's more scary when you don't sometimes. Absolutely. You just saw the guy in the I corner suppose. in the house and lots of screaming. And But I'll, over. Count, I'll counter with this, for instance, Cloverfield. Yeah. Like Cloverfield, you don't really get to see what it is, but you get like little glimpses here and there. And like, like that, at least to me, keeps me really, it's really enticing. I'm like, okay, I yeah. want to know yeah. more. I want to learn more versus, but I do understand. I respect Blair Witch Project. I get it. Yeah. I understand why it was scary. Have you ever been to a movie where somebody yaks? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Kn- what movie do you know? Uh, but they're reaping. Okay. There was, there was, there's so many people. I mean, there was tons of people that walked out. Okay. And there was one guy who threw up and I was almost right there with him. Ooh. It was so bad. What about you, Rant? Uh, me at. Uh, oh, you threw up. Spider Man to the Spider Verse. The, the first <laughs> Just like because 20 you were minutes. drunk? No, the first twenty minutes, my <laughs> uh, my eyes took a second to adjust. Okay. Because of the whole like the color scheme and the uh, yeah the sort of like the tracing. There was a lot of motion and stuff. Tracing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a, there's a little bit of some acid reflex, a little bit of okay. <laughs> Do you guys remember the the movie Open Water? Oh. Um, oh. Let's see. Is that the one with the sharks? It's the that's the movie. Somebody puked in the Blair Witch. Oh, yep. And somebody barfed mm-hmm. at open water. Open water was um, these two people left in the ocean. Their diving boat left. And so they're in the middle of open water. And so the camera's bobbing up and down with oh, them. Oh, God. And oh, no. I knew that this was going to be one of those uh, things. So I took Dramamine before I went. That's smart. And you so. You should probably just do that before any movie. Just, <laughs> <in case. laughs> just before anything. So I was okay. But, you know, they've got like the, um, the way up front seats. And then there's the aisle where you walk, and then the next seats yeah. that go up. The aisle where there's the disabled. Yeah. So somebody was sitting there uh-huh. and just horked right over the railing. <laughs> right oh, there. man. I hope nobody was sitting there. <laughs> no, oh, my be- God. Nobody was there because it was, you know, the walkthrough the and the movie area. was okay. going. Good. And they just horked. <laughs> oh. I'm like, oh, man. Somebody just horked oh, in open water. Smack blows. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know I hate the clown doll from Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I also have a lot of trouble dealing with Annabelle. I don't mind I do Annabelle. too. I don't from mind From The Conjuring. It. I, I have trouble. It's, oh my I God. I think The Conjuring movies are great. The Me first too. Conjuring is oh, awesome. Oh yeah, it rules. Is awesome. But see, I view those movies not necessarily as horror movies. I view them more as like thrillers. And I understand the movies are obviously marketed as horror movies, but they don't really, they don't scare me per se. I just- They scare me. I oh, love- They scared I, the crap out of me. I, I love the storytelling behind it. And it's great me, storytelling. That's why it's so they're good. They're very well done. But, so a couple seasons ago, when you could still do this, did either of you go to the Warner Brothers lot when they had yeah. like their scare, their Halloween thing? Oh, no, not that. No, no, no. not that. So they had- like a bunch of like walk through haunted houses. Yeah. So like they had the it house. Yeah. That scared them. <laughs> shit Did you out even of go me. in there? I went in because um it was a radio thing and they were paying uh, me to geez. go in. That's the oh, only man. way I would go oh, in that no. thing. So I go in it yeah. when it was in Hollywood and then mm-hmm. they moved it to the Warner lot. So I. My, I'm there with my friends. I'm like, I survived the it house the first time. Let's go again. And they changed some stuff and it was way worse. <laughs> oh, no. So it, that was hella scary. But the conjuring house yeah. scared me more than anything on that lot. That sounds like so much fun. Like there were like, I think a group of 10 of us. Mm-hmm. So we're going through the conjuring house. Oh, no. And eventually we're all like touching each other. Like we're going through like in a ball of people. Uh, Ravy. <laughs> At some point, when the world gets back to a semi-normal place, we have to go to a haunted house together. Oh, my God. Because if you think I'm, like, unnerved in a movie, I am different level on a haunted house. Me, too. I am too. the person yeah. that, 
I try to scare the people that are trying to scare me first as a coping mechanism. <laughs> I will like tear your skin off because I'm constantly holding on to people. Randy, would you protect oh. us in a haunted house type situation? I was about to say that one of the one of the more unfortunate things of being me is I'm always the guy that gets pushed <laughs> to front of the line in every every mother effing thing. If it's a maze, if it's a house, I always, <laughs> always, always get pushed to the front. I love going. I love seeing these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. I oh. love being scared. And while it is scary to be at the front, it also kind of takes away from the magic because then I can see the doors and stuff. Oh, and like, I, oh, I see what you're yeah. saying. Because then, because then you're on, you're on like. All right, I'm on. I'm I'm on watch pretty much. I'm like, all right, what's what's coming from where? What's what's happening? That's why I kind of like being in the middle. But I mean, <laughs> ultimately, I'm always in the goddamn front. We get to the end of the Conjuring House, and so like the last scene. Yeah. They have the picture of the nun on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And it's set up. They have it lit in a way that the nun's going to step out of it. Yeah. Oh hell no. <laughs> oh my god! I screamed so loud. <laughs> it's so funny because as a human being. Yeah. We know that it's fake. And we know that they can't touch you. And They're you, not they going can't to hurt touch you. you. <laughs> Yet it's still it doesn't matter. That, it's still scary. If Warner sets that up again someday, when times are better, we gotta go check that out again. Absolutely. It was crazy good. It was crazy well yeah. done. See, like for me, it's always the stupid shit that scares me. Like at Universal, they have the mummy ride, or they had the mummy ride. I don't know if they still have it. They do. At yeah, the end do. of the ride, there are these guys dressed up as like sphinxes, I guess. Okay. Who stand like stand guard by the door. Right, right. And sometimes will lunge at you. That scared oh. the shit out of me. But like a haunted house, like small like small stuff like that doesn't get me as much. But uh I mean Oh, I, they I get want, me, man. I see like that's the thing, like I envy Ravy because Ravy goes into these houses and she's she gets scared. Like, oh, I want to be scared. Like, I legitimately want to be scared. Oh, yeah. So we have very, to do haunted houses soon. Very scared. I have not watched The Haunting of Bly House yet on Netflix. Neither have I. But yeah, I watched The Haunting of Hill House. I'm saving all that stuff again because I want to watch it at night when it's cold out. I don't know why. Okay. That is just my thing. That's yeah. just vibing. I'll, That's I get it. I have to. Set up the right vibe. See, you know me. Yeah. I've talked about this. Sometimes shows are a daytime show. Like, I could not watch The Haunting of Hill House at night Why in not? the dark. Come on. Because then I would go yeah. to bed and I would be tortured. It would be The Haunting at Rabies House. But see, I love those shows because, like, after The after Haunting of Hill House came out, one of the things on Twitter that was circulating was pictures of scenes where there were people in the background, like ghosts, uh-huh. just standing there. And so when you watch yeah. it again, you notice all these small little things and it just scares the oh, shit God. out of you. <laughs> so scary. Um, the first season... Of American Horror Story is about oh, the yeah, murder yeah. house, which is a haunted house. It's Ghosts so unnerving. Are everywhere. That Let's was daytime it. viewing, baby. I couldn't daytime like, no. viewing. That was I try. A- I mean, I watched that full season. Yeah. But I, it, I only got through it on the second or third attempt. Like my first <laughs> attempt, just watching the first episode, I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable right I'm now. I'm so unnerved. You I'm what, so afraid. You know what the scariest part of that show was? So when I watched it, I, I forgot. If I was still in high school, if I just started college, but like I was watching at night, you know, like when everyone was asleep. Yeah. The shit that scared me the most about that show was the goddamn theme song. Oh yeah. Because I, I didn't, get it. I didn't expect it at first, and then when it would hit, it was just ah, oh, that theme song scares the living shit. Oh, uh, so I'll, scary. I'll tell you a funny story. So Cameron got married recently. Yeah. And I went, oh, babe. And so. Cameron, where you got married was essentially out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Oh, no. You <laughs> For re- sure. You're like on gravel roads yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff. And so I, you know, had GPS on. It was about an hour drive from where I was staying, closer to St. Louis. Right. And I'm like, damn, this is out in the middle. There is nothing out here. <laughs> and so I 
was listening to whatever music's loaded onto my phone. And so we did an episode where we listened to horror themes. Yeah. And American Horror Story was one of the themes we listened to. <laughs> oh, my God. And as soon as I turn kind of into where the wedding's going to be, <laughs> that's the music that comes on. Yeah, oh my baby. God. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, oh, shit. And then Are you, you had just great feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. That sounds scary. And it's so hilarious. I loved it. That's so funny. But season one. Murder House, daytime viewing. Yeah, I try to get daytime through season, viewing. I try to get through season two. That's the one with the mental. That's hospital, Asylum. Right? Yeah, I couldn't do it. Like it just didn't have the magic that season one had. I for definitely me. did not care for Asylum as much as Murder House. But then I got back into it. Season three was The Witches. What was your favorite season? Um, Murder House, definitely my favorite. Okay, I liked this. I liked Apocalypse. Yeah, I thought that was a really, really good season. I'm watch it again. I liked I the season three, the one with the witches, freak show. I liked mm-hmm. hotel is like meh, it has some good things about it, but that is more typical Ryan Murphy stuff. When I yeah. think about Ryan Murphy, I think about something that's highly stylized that looks nuclear incredible, but sometimes the story isn't the best, yeah. and that's kind of how I feel about hotel. But there's been some winning seasons for sure. But uh, number one, Murder House will always be the best. Okay. By far the scariest. By far the most unnerving. I think all of the other ones I could watch any time of day, no matter what time it was. Well, di- dialing back. Freak Show had Twisty the Clown. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that one's a daytime one too. So, Twisty the Clown was so effing scary that I ha- I didn't even watch his scenes. Like, what do you mean? I would fast forward through those. No, scenes. you wouldn't. I had to. Gravy. I had to. Twist, okay. Twisty wasn't on the whole way, but Twisty in that mask and everything. The no. mouth. The no. mouth is definitely. I'm out. A no go. Okay. Is there something in particular about clowns, I, or is it just a thing? I like, did you have I can an experience? Probably as a kid? trace it back to Poltergeist. I'm not lying. That okay. was 1982. I was a young kid, and we were, you know, we had HBO, and that's where I first saw it. And my parents never knew what we were watching in the basement. Yeah, and we're watching Poltergeist down there, <laughs> you know. And all of a sudden, the the boy sits up on the bed, and that clown wraps its arm around his neck. Yeah, that is. Hella so that just imprinted on you. It did. It still does. I my parents had no idea at the time, but they thought that Gremlins was like a kid movie, <laughs> and I watched that when I was eight or nine, I think. Yeah, and that scared me for the longest time. So I, I thought, I, anytime I was laying in bed, I thought all of my stuffed animals or anything like that was a gremlin that was going to eat me in the middle of the night. So we we had HBO downstairs, yeah. and we watched Halloween. We watched The Jeez. Exorcist. Oh my god! And like. That stuff didn't imprint on me mm-hmm. because, I don't know, it just seemed ridiculous. Um, but this is a kid with a doll, and mm-hmm. it's a clown, and I'm a kid. I don't have a clown doll, but yeah. I yeah. think that's why I just, it imprinted on me more. Isn't it interesting what like what small things imprint with people and yeah. stay with them? Like the movie that terrifies me, Encounters of the Fourth Kind. Right. A, lot, a good amount of people think it's a stupid movie. But to me, <laughs> it just, it just hit it. me at the right place at the right time. And it just scares the shit out of me. I get it, right? And that's so yeah. crazy how clowns do it for you, whereas for me, I'm like, it's a clown. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, that's no. so fascinating. Wow. No. Cameron, what scares you? Oh, God. <laughs> what doesn't? I know. Uh, <laughs> life. Just real life scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is a movie I could watch anytime, day or night. I refer to it in our Mandalorian podcast because mm. I said the crate dragon reminded me of the snakes in Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is one of the greatest paranormal movies of all time. 
all time. I love Tim Burton. Batman, Batman Returns, Edward yeah. Scissorhands, Edward, Mars Attacks, Pee Wee. Oh, Mar- Beetlejuice Mars Attacks. might be my favorite. Okay. Really? I think, that's I fair. think just because of how inventive it is. It's such a freaking creative look at the afterlife. Mm-hmm. I think it is so awesome. It's a fun watch. Gina Definitely. Davis, Alec Baldwin. I knew her from SCTV, mm-hmm. but that was a place a lot of people discovered the genius that is Catherine O'Hara. Yep. And she's, you know, Delia Dietz. Right. She's the best. A young Winona Ryder. Anytime, if Beetlejuice is on anywhere, I'm watching for at least a half an hour. I think it's one of the greatest paranormal movies ever made. It's definitely a good one. I think between the two, a Mars Attacks terrifies me more. I like mostly because the aliens when I was a kid, they creeped me the hell I up. like how Mars Attacks <laughs> develops and then it gets real violent. I know. <laughs> I, I do, Isn't that crazy? I do really like watching it as an adult, but when I was a kid, man, did it freak me out. Randy, did you... Was it you? Somebody took a dump on Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow recently. That was me. <laughs> I uh, I watched it. So I put it on with the intention of watching it with my girlfriend, thinking she'd be into it, because, you know, Johnny Depp, come on. Okay. But uh, she fell asleep, and so I was just left to watch it by myself. <laughs> and, I mean... I, I love Sleepy Hollow. I think it's great. No? I, here, I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> like, I, I enjoy the... I enjoy what's going on you know maybe it's because christopher walken is the guy who's just the he's the headless horseman if right, it was like right. william defoe or something i'd find it a little bit more scary Aww. when i saw christopher walken i'm like really that's the, that's the guy and but that's what held you up look, with it's sleepy the, hollow it's the, look people complain about us reviewing stuff it's the small things that stick out to us <laughs> christopher walken being the headless horseman I was like i don't know about that man i don't know that's scary but okay i did i didn't i did appreciate like the the art behind the film, like the camera angles. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, it's got a the, great look to it. Yeah, it has a fantastic look to it. I think maybe just the overall story to me just didn't really resonate as well. Okay. Also, keep in mind, I, I split the movie up into two. I watched part of it at my girlfriend's house before I realized she was asleep, <laughs> and then the next half during the day. So maybe okay. if I had watched well, it continuously, I don't know why though. Just it didn't really click with me. It didn't I love it. All right, one thing I know for sure that we're going to love. Mandalorian chapter 10 which is coming at you tomorrow and we're going to be posting a podcast right after that did you guys see chapter 9 I know you two did but Mm -hmm. uh, I hope so because I'm dropping a spoiler right here okay just a question for the two of you spoiler alert do you think there's going to be a jaw drop moment in every episode this season like Boba Fett showing up at the end of chapter 9 kind of seems like it I think so it would make sense don't you kind of feel that like there's going to be a jaw drop in every seems like it there's only eight episodes there's only seven left I'm already panicking uh, about that. I don't by like the that. Way. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. But like the Ahsoka reveal is going to be incredible. The dis- if that's Sabine in the trailer, mm-hmm. I'm losing it. Believe me, it could be. What if that's that frozen planet is the one that turns into Starkiller Base? Mm-hmm. Jaw drop. Okay, it but what happens? But what happens if they end every episode with sort of a cliffhanger and then finally they don't? Are we going to be upset? You know, like I, I feel like mm. people are going to be like, "We're all, I'm so accustomed to this." But also, like if you end every episode. Like you said, on a high note like that, it's yeah. just sort of like you're setting a precedent for what we're expecting at the oh, end of the episode. Oh, that's true. Expectations are set. But look, we're heading into chapter 10. Haven't been disappointed yet. Ah, This is the one good part about being <laughs> in quarantine and being used to the weeks just sort of melting together. Yeah, yeah. Like the episodes don't feel that far away anymore. Oh, you're kind of right That's there. true. I you know? agree with you 100%, yeah. like, Randy. I agree. After we finished recording, I was like, damn, we got to wait a week. And then next thing I know, it's Wednesday. It's here. And I'm like, it's 6 p.m. on a Wednesday already. Ah, oh, shit. Yep. Mandalorian's coming. Mandalorian's Rip. right around the corner. Ripple. Yes. Rip. 
live. So uh, we thank you guys for listening to that podcast. We thank you for listening to this podcast. Yes. Nerding Out LA on Facebook and Twitter. Nerding Out on Instagram. And like we said, we'll catch you tomorrow. Mandalorian Season 2 Watch Chapter 10. This is the way. It's coming at you tomorrow on Nerding Out. That was Nerding Out with Ravy. Remember to store this episode in a bag with an acid-free board and put your retainer in when you go to sleep. Until next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.